Hayes, and I'm just so glad to be here with you tonight. Uh, we're here on our Thursday night Bible study, and it's, um, it's a blessing to be here. So tonight we're going to talk about, since we've been talking about the truth, we're going to talk about the truth is we are blessed. Now that's the simple truth. And if I can use a title tonight, I would use we as children of God are blessed. All right. And so tonight I'd like to uh, take my scripture text from the book of Numbers, uh, the 22nd verse, the 22nd chapter, excuse me. I'm going to pull verses out of this chapter. We're going to talk a lot about what's going on in this chapter because in this chapter, we see that the children of God, they are blessed and no one can curse them. And that's us today. We are blessed of the Lord. I tell you, the Lord want to do so many good things for us and he wants us to be able to walk. And that's the part that we have to ensure that we do. The blessing is already there. See, we've been talking about the truth. And the truth is, we're already blessed. You know, don't come tell me about any family curse because Jesus have hung on that tree for us and that curse is no more. The reason he, the Bible said that any man hanging on the tree we weren't hanging on the tree. It's cursed. Well, Jesus got up there and took that curse from us. And now we don't have to worry about that. All we have to do is walk in our blessing. Now, how hard is that for us to walk in the blessing that God has called us to? Isn't that a wonderful thing that we can walk in the blessing? He already took that from us, that we don't have to suffer. And I'm not going to suffer when I don't have to, when God has already taken that away. Isn't, I tell you, I know I'm blessed, and I know I'm blessed. And what my job is to do now is to walk in what Jesus has already paid the price for. And that's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. It is amazing that he gave his life that we do not have to hang, we do not have to suffer with blessings. In the book of Galatians, the third chapter, verse 13, listen what it says. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Now Jesus hung on the tree for our sins, not for any of his own, because he did not sin. So by him hanging on that tree, he paid the price for all of our sins. The only thing we have to do is accept and live by his word. When we miss the mark, what do we do? We repent. But he has paid the price and no one can take that from us. So let's go ahead and look in the book of 
of Numbers chapter 22. And in this book, we see that I want to talk a little bit about those two major characters, Balak and Balaam. And we see these characters here, how they are working, trying to work together here, because one of them, who was the king of that land they were in, Balak, he wanted to have his way. He wanted the children of Israel out of that land, really because he was afraid of them. And if you look at the book of Numbers, you see where it starts off, where the children of Israel are making their way through. And let me tell you, bringing down anybody who stands in their way. And there, there's this reputation that being stormed up about them. Because if you read in the beginning, as they were going through that land, they did ask that they could go through. But because people were so afraid of them, they did not want them to come through. They said no. And here we see as the children of Israel set forth and they pitched in the plains of Moab on the side of the Jordan by Jericho, you know, these, the Amorites, uh, the Moab, they were there in the plains of Moab, but the Amorites and Moab, they were afraid of the children of Israel because one reason, it was so many of them, and Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. So Moab said unto the elders of Midian, he said, now shall this company lick up all that around about us as the ox licketh up the grass in the field. So he's saying it's so many of them when they come through here, they gonna drink up our water, they gonna eat up our food. It's so many of them that nothing's gonna be left. Like when the when the ox go out there and eat up all the grass. And so they called upon the king, Balak. He was the son of Zippor, and he was king of the Moabites at that time. And now we're over here, we see in verse five of the 22nd chapter of Numbers, he sends a message therefore unto Balak, the son of Ur. He sends him a message, and it tells us that Beurah, the pastor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. You will come now, therefore, this is verse 6, I pray thee, Curse me, this people, for they are too many, too mighty for me. Pre-avenge, I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I want that he would, thou bless 
blesseth is blessed, and he whom thou curses is cursed. So he tells this man, I need you to come over here and curse this people for me. Because I know whoever you bless is blessed, and who you curse is cursed. He's treating this man like he's God. And he's not. And so here we see that Balak lays out to Balaam what he wants him to do. Now let's look at these two characters for a minute. Balak is king of the Moabites. And instead of trying to work with the Israelites, he want to just curse them and get rid of them. And we also see that Balaam, and if you read on and you look up some things about Balaam, because as we read through this chapter, we're going to see how Balaam is trying to portray the fact that he is of God. But then we keep on reading, we're going to realize that Balaam was a false prophet. Oh, he talked the talk. But he didn't walk the walk. We're going to see that he was a false prophet and he was uh, a hireling. And Balak paid him money to curse the children of Israel. He was a soothsayer. He tried to tell fortunes. He tried to tell people what their future would hold. But we're going to see through the scriptures that that was not true of him. Even when we look over in the New Testament, let's just take a look real quick. You do not have to turn with me. You can write this scripture down and look it up later. You can read over it later. So that way, you will know what the Word of God says about him. Not what people say, and definitely not what he says about him. Because everybody try to paint themselves in a good life. But when you look in the book of Second Peter, the second chapter, verse 16 through 17, listen what it says. It says in verse 15, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozah, who loved wages of unrighteousness. Verse 16, but was repented of his iniquity. The son of speaking with man's voice, but bad the madness of the prophet. Verse 17, these are wells, wells without war, clouds that are cast with the temple to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. This is what the word in the New Testament says about him, what's reserved for him forever. You see, Balaam was a false god. He was after money. And the Bible says he had forsaken the right way and a gone astray following the way of Balaam. He's talking in the New Testament about those false gods. And he's letting them know, don't you do what you did. Don't start off one way and end up doing everything you do for money. Don't start off like that or don't be that way. And even if you're not starting in the right way, 
If you have any fear of God, don't take try to take advantage of God's people. So we see here he is warning this man not and he's warning us in the New Testament, uh, don't let that be you. Don't let that be me. We've got to make sure that we keep ourselves together for the right reason. Because let me tell you one thing about it. No one can curse what God has blessed. We are blessed in the city. We're blessed in the kingdom. Let me tell you, we, we're blessed when we come and when we go. We need to over and over read Deuteronomy. Reminding us of how God has blessed us, but it also reminds us what curses we can look forward to if we don't live right before the Lord. And so here we see, and, it, and just so you'll know and you can jot it down, that's in the book of Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, where it talks about blessings and cursing for God's children. We have to make sure that we live right before God so we can walk in that blessing. And we got to make sure we do not choose the way of faith because he chose the wrong way. He wanted money and that's what he chose over the will of God. And we have to make sure that's not what we are doing. In the first half of that chapter, Deuteronomy 28, it talks about the, the blessing, how God would bless Israel. But starting at verse 15, it talks about how people are cursed for disobeying God. But what we have to remember is what the book of Galatians says, how every man that hung upon a tree is cursed. And Jesus hung upon that tree so all right let's get back to numbers uh, chapter 22 thank you Jesus so here we see when we start here at verse 7 how how, how Balaam trying to be slick he wants to portray that he's looking for uh, seeking God's direction so he says in verse 7 he says and the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the reward. They had money in their hands for him. They had a reward for him of divination in their hands. And they came and prevailed. Remember, this is the man that trying to get to come and spake unto him the words of Balak who have already tried to get him to come and curse God's people. And he said unto them, Lord, this night will bring you this is what he's saying to him, I will bring you word again as the Lord shall speak unto me and the prince of Moab abode with Balaam. Verse 9 And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? Now, don't you know, God already know who they are, but he's offering this opportunity to Balaam by asking his question to get him to think about, what are you doing? 
What are you doing? Why are you having dealings with men who are trying to curse my children, Israel? This is why God asked him this question. It wasn't that God didn't know who these men were, but he's trying to get this man, Balaam, who, who says he's seeking God's direction, who says he's a man of God, who tries to portray that, then why are you coming against my people? And, and so here we see in verse 9 and God came unto Balaam and said what man are these with thee verse 10 and Balaam said unto God Balaam the son of Bichor king of Moab hath sent unto me saying behold there is a people come out of Egypt which covers the face of the earth come now Curse me then, pre-avenge. I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. He knew he could not overcome God's people on his own. He knew that. So what does he do? Try to get someone who he believes has the power to curse them to come work on his behalf. But verse 12 says, And God said unto Baal, Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, but they are blessed. Let me tell you, this is where we fall into what the truth is. The words say God's people are blessed, then God's people are blessed. No one has more power than God than can, that can overturn a blessing that God has bestowed upon his people. I, I speak today the word of God that my family, the people of God, are blessed in our health. We're blessed in our wealth. We're blessed in our going out. We're blessed in our coming in. Our comforts are blessed. They overflow. Listen, we overflow with the word of God that, and God fills our cup so that it overflow and touch somebody else. And so here we see, once God has blessed us, when we are blessed of the Lord, no one could curse us. He goes on in verse 13. And he gives an answer to the people who have come. This is what he says. And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the prince, princes of Balaam, Get ye into your lane, for the Lord refuses to give me leave to go with you. Verse 14. And the princes of Moab rose up, and they went unto Balaam and said, Balaam refused to come with us. And Balak sent yet again princes more and more honorable than they. In other words, they had more money. See, back then people were respected by what they had, not who they knew. Knowing God, which we all should respect, but back then they were talking about money. And so he sent princesses who were more honorable than they. Verse 16, And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus said Balak, 
the Son of Zippor. Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. For I will promote thee unto very great honor. And I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me these people. And Balaam answered and said unto the servant of Balaam, If Balaam would give me his house full of silver and gold. See, now he's getting to what's really. He said, full of silver and gold. I could not go beyond the word of the Lord, God, to do this to do less or more. So he's sticking with he's a man of God and he's telling us, even if you give me more, I can't go do this. But we're going to see how it turns out. We're going to see what he tries to do. Because see, even though certain words are coming out of his mouth, God is judging his heart. And God knows what's in a person's heart. So no matter what we do, we will never ever fool God. Verse 19, he goes on to say, Now therefore I pray you, tell me also here this night, that I may know what the Lord would say unto me more. And this is how I know this man is on time. God has already told him what he wanted him to do. But yet, he continuously tried to buy time, telling the man to stay there. Why would you tell him to say that when God has already told you not to have dealings with him? But he goes on, verse 26, And God came unto, unto Balaam that night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, thou, that thou shall do. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the prince of Moab. Verse 22. And God's anger was tender because he went. And the anger of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. He was riding upon his ass and his two servants were with him. Let's talk just a minute about this scripture. So you see, God was hoping this man was decide to do the right thing. Because he had told him not to do it, that it would end there. But no, he can't come and he asked God again. And he's very persistent about going. And so when we, we read verse 22, and it talks about, it tells us how God was really angered by this. It, it, it kindled up his anger because he went on. Instead of saying, no, I can't go with you. God has already told me not to do this. He went on anyway. And it says, and the angel of the Lord stood in the way. Now I want you to understand this phrase, the angel of the Lord. You can look it up in many commentaries. You can look it up in many different writings. But most scholars will tell you when you do that phrase, the angel of the Lord, they're really talking about the pre-existence of Jesus. Most scholars will agree 
that they're talking about, even when you see where it talks about how the angel of the Lord visits with uh, when he visits even earlier in the Old Testament. They, all, a lot of scholars agree that he's talking about before Jesus even came to the earth, he and God and the Holy Ghost was already working together. And he was out doing things in the name of God, for God, because he and God is one and the same. And so here we see how it reads, and the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. Verse 23, and the ass of the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. Now, isn't it amazing that an ass can see more than spiritually than a grown man who calls himself a prophet? Isn't that amazing? He saw the angel of the Lord standing there with the sword drawn in his hand and went into the field and Balaam smoked it the ass to turn her into the way. Verse 24, but the angel of the Lord stood in a path of the vineyard, a wall being on this side, and a wall on that side. So it was a wall on each side, and the angel of the Lord was standing in the middle, in the way, so he could step that donkey could not pass. But see, at this point, only the donkey saw it. Only the ass saw it. Balaam didn't see it. Why? He had no spiritual sight. Without spiritual sight, a donkey can see more than a man. And so here he goes on, um, verse 25. And when the ass of the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself upon the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. And he smoked her again. Verse 26. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place. So evidently these walls narrowed him. And even there in the narrow place, the angel of the Lord, he stood there. And then it says, well, was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. Verse 27, and when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam, and Balaam's anger was gentle, and he smote the ass with the staff. Now this man is determined. He is going to go and do something that God has not called him to do and that God does not want him to do. But let me tell you something. This donkey, this ass, has much more sense than this man. It reads on verse 28, And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smoked me these three times? And David said unto the ass, because thou hast mocked me, I would there 
I would, there were swords in my hand. But now would I kill thee? Oh, he should take that back because this angel is about to save his life at this point. Verse 30. And the ass said unto Baal, Am not I thy ass upon which thou hast written ever since I was dying unto this day? Was I ever want to do so unto thee? And he said, No. So, all right. Let me just get this straight. He's all right with talking to an ass. But he got a problem with keeping God's word. It doesn't even seem like, I mean, I personally probably would have said, what a donkey talking? It's gotta be God. He is still trying to find a way not to follow God's word and to go after the rich. So he talks to the donkey like there's nothing abnormal about this. You know, he's just having a conversation with him like, this is a normal thing because I'm going to do what I have to do to try to get to that money. And so he answers the doctor and he said, no. Verse 31 says, then the Lord opened the eyes of David and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and he saw it drawn in his hand and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. Verse 32, and the angel of the Lord said unto him, Therefore have thou mighty thine own Behold, I went out to wit. I went out to withstand thee, because thy weight is perverse. So, so here we see the angel of the Lord letting him know, I know what you're trying to do isn't right. He said, thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times. Unless she had turned from me, surely now also I have slain thee and saved her alive. So here the angel Lord said, I would have killed you and left her living. Verse 34. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have seen, for I knew not that thou stood in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displeases thee, I will give me that forgiveness. So look, be careful and understand what he's doing. He's not repenting for going and trying to get money for cursing the children of God. He is repenting because he hit the ass three times for being spiritually smarter than we to know that we need to turn around. That's all he's repenting for. That's the only thing he's sorry about. And I just think that's the only thing that he is acknowledging his sin. He said, because he didn't know that the angel of the Lord stood there. Verse 35, and the angel of the Lord said unto David, Go with me, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee. 
that thou shalt speak. But they will begin with the prince of Zalot. So now he told him, you go with him, but you're only going to say what I say. And see, this is where God happens. We're in different situations in our lives. We have fights at hand, on the left side, on the right side. We see all this stuff. But God is saying, only say to it what I tell you. Don't be coming up with all this stuff. One step, one through two. You don't read in the word step one through two. What you do read in the book, in the Bible, it's scripture. And God is saying, say what I tell you to say. Use the written word. Use the truth. Only the scriptures hold absolute truth. Tell the truth, which is the word of God. And so here, let's see what he's going to do. And when David, verse 36, heard, Balaam heard that Balaam was come. He went out to meet him until a city, until a city of Moab, which is in the borders of Arnon, which is in the uttermost coast. And Balak said unto Balaam, Did I not earnestly send unto thee to call thee? Wherefore came thou not unto me? Am I not able indeed to promote thee to honor? And Balaam said unto Balak, Lo, I am coming to thee. Have I now any power at all to say anything? The word that God put it in my mouth. That shall I speak. Oh, it's about time we tell God that. The word God that thou put it in my mouth. That shall I speak. Oh, we need to practice that. When we find ourselves in a position where we need to speak, but we don't know what to say, we need to say to the Lord. We need to say to Him. The word that thou, O God, put it in my mouth, that shall I speak. Oh, hallelujah. Let's speak that word. Let's Say it out loud and clear. That not only we hear it, but our situation hear it too. That the enemies of the Lord hear it. That our enemies, because any enemy of his is an enemy of us. So in verse 39, And Balak went with Balak, and they came unto Kershaw. And Balak offered oxen and sheep and sent to Balaam and to the prince that were with him. And it came to pass on the morn, on the morrow, that Balaam took Balaam and brought him up unto a high place of Baal, that thence he might see the uttermost part of the people. So here he's taking him, and he wants him he wants to perform sacrifices, and he also wants him you know, to curse God's people. But he knows he cannot do this. He knows what the word 
with God have I already told me that you're only going to speak what I tell you to speak. You're only going to say what I tell you to say. And we see over in the 23rd chapter, I'm going to cut some of my scriptures because I want to get through this. We see that Balaam said unto Balaam said unto David, Build me here seven altars. He did that. Prepare me here seven arms and seven rains. And Balaam did as Balaam had spoken. And he goes on to And Balaam said unto Balak, Stand by the burnt coffin, and I will go prevent. The Lord will come to meet me. And whatsoever he showeth me, I will tell thee. And he went to a high place. So notice how a change is coming. No longer he agreeing to curse the people. He said, oh, I'm going to go there whatever the Lord showed me. I will tell thee. And God met David and said, and he said unto him, I have prepared seven altars and I have offered upon every altar a bullock and a ram. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return unto Balaam, and thus thou shalt speak. Verse 6, And return unto him, and lo, he stood by his burnt sacrifice. He and all the princes of Moab. Verse 7, And he took up his parable and say, Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me for Ava, from Aram out of the mountains of the east, saying, Come, curse me, Jacob, and come, defy Israel. Verse 8, and we really just get an understanding and stand by this. This is what he said to him. How shall I curse? Whom God has not cursed. Or how shall I defy whom the Lord have not defied? See, we have to understand what the Word says is true, not what others want us to do. We have to stand by the Word, with the Word, with the Word inside of us. We got to stand on that Word. We kiss our rock. This is what he says. For from the top of the rock, I see him. And from the hill, I behold him. Lo, the people shall dwell alone and shall not be reckoned among the nations. Who can count the death of Jacob and the numbers of the four parts of Israel? He said, let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like this. He said, I can't do it. I cannot curse all people. And Balak said to Balak, he was upset with him, what has thou done unto me? I could thee to curse my enemies. And behold, thou hast blessed them all together. Look what happened. Let me tell you, we got to stand with the word because when we try to bring evil against us, God will work it out. For our good. He, he could not punch what God had already blessed. 
We got to understand what the scripture says. We're blessed in our going out. We're blessed in our coming in. We have to stand with the word of God. And even though you, you really have to read through this to understand that Balaam, even after he did what he did, and he spoke the word, because God made him do it. It was not in his heart to do it. Even in the book of Revelation, uh, chapter two and, and verse 14, it said, but I have a few things against thee because thou is there then that holds the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balaam to cast a stumbling box before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. And if you read on in that chapter, then he couldn't have this man. <laughs> to pronounce a curse upon them, what he did is provided a way that they would against God. See, that's why we have to be <coughs> careful. The enemy can't curse us. But what he tries to do is tempt us with sin. That we will sin against God and not stand in that holy place. So listen, I thank God for the word tonight that I was able to share with you. And I apologize if from time to time the doors around here are noisy, you know, but I thank God that we were able to share the word together. Father, in the name of I pray that we would eat the beef and throw away the bomb. That we would see in your word that you have blessed us, for we are your children. And anyone who's not your child can become your child by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. Father, I just pray, God, that you would touch the hearts of many and give them the desire, open up the way that they can't accept Jesus Christ. Because if they believe in their heart and let it come out of their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that he died for us, to give us the chance to allow you to be our Lord and Savior in the pardon of our sins. We shall be saved, God. We shall be saved because confession comes out of our mouth, but belief is in our heart. And Lord, we just thank you tonight for the words that we were able to share. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to go ahead, close out.